1: Good afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you're all here with me today. Already got some people coming on live on the Facebook live stream. Yes, we do this every Thursday, 12 noon Eastern to 1 p.m. uh, here on talkradio.nyc as well as on Uh, Facebook Live, and uh, across many platforms. So um, we have a wonderful show in store for you today uh, with a special guest uh, on the phone from hailing from the left coast, as I like to say. But of course, we start off with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. So let's get started with Mike Dooley and the universe and Abraham. Let's see what they have in store for us today. First, from the universe... Actually, the only effective way of changing another person is by changing yourself. Works every time. Guaranteed the universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley in the universe. Uh, Reminding us of a, a very important fact. Very simple fact. Something that we forget all the time, yet... When we remember it, it serves us to no end because, let's face it, you and I, the same kind of thing, we all have people in our lives that if they could just stop doing that, if they could just change a little bit, if they could just be a little different, that would be awesome. The truth is we can't change anybody. We really can't. There is nobody else in the entire world that we can change because we all have free will. I mean, look, you know it, right? Um, When somebody tries to get you to change, if you don't want to do it, if you don't see the value in it, you're not changing. As a matter of fact, you're stubbornly standing your ground saying, no, I'm not going to put the toilet seat down or I'm not going to... You know, do that thing that you want me to do to make life different or better for you. However, is a big however, the thing that's truly amazing, and I have witnessed this in my own life, all right? I would not be telling you this if it, I had not seen the evidence for myself. When we change ourselves, when we take our eyes off of the other person, and put it on ourselves. Magic happens when we decide to change how we view the other person, how we're showing up. It is amazing, amazing how other people change around us. You see somebody who I, I don't know—they're grouchy, they're 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 in a bad mood all the time, whatever instead of judging them for the mood they're showing up in, if we change ourselves to be more compassionate, to be more loving, to be more thoughtful. It's amazing how that grouchy demeanor softens and changes and suddenly they're like a new person. You see, it's, it's a little bit of a secret of the universe. And you guys have heard it in so many memes and cliches about how we need to be the change that we want to see in the world. But what no one really talks about is why that works. You see, when we change how we show up in the world, when we change our attitudes. When we change and stop being so judgmental of other people and when we take responsibility because if something's in our life, it's there to teach us something and we say, you know what? I don't care how mean this person is. I don't care how negative they are. Maybe they're just going through a hard time. Let me be softer, kinder, gentler to them. Let me Take the effort and let me show them that there is a better way to be. And when we do that, it is amazing, amazing what happens in response to that. Because most of us, guaranteed, we work in response to what's going on in the environment around us. And when someone shows up and they're judging us for how we're being and giving us a hard time and telling us we shouldn't be that way, does that make us feel good? No, absolutely not. But when somebody shows up and is just kind and thoughtful and and generous for no reason at all, it cannot help but melt our hearts. It cannot help but Break down our walls, we cannot help but respond in a kindler, gentler way to that kind of uh, uh, stimulus. You know, as I was reminded at a workshop this weekend, it was a a wonderful story I heard told many, many, many years ago uh, about a gentleman who was on the subway with his three kids. And they were wild kids going all over the place, disturbing people, and everyone was looking at this kid until finally you know everyone was all upset at the man you know why aren 't you controlling you know your children and and everyone was thinking these thoughts about these kids until finally somebody actually talked to the gentleman and say, "Hey, you know, your kids are kind of wild they 're all over the place they're disturbing everybody to think he can get them under control a little bit and he and he looks up to them very meekly and says, Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that they're, they're, they're just you know not feeling so good because we just came from their mother's funeral. And as soon as everybody heard that, you could see just all the judgment and criticism drop. And then suddenly people were smiling at the kids, playing with the kids. And then suddenly they didn't seem so wild anymore. And suddenly, you know, there was a tear out of the man's eye and the children softened and, and you know, it, it turned around into such a beautiful story, right? It's never about the other person. It's about how we're responding, we're reacting. What kind of energy are we bringing to the situation? You don't like what you see in others? It's merely a sign for us to do our own work you know, why is it triggering us? What is it bringing up in us? And how can we be more compassionate to ourselves and to others? So a wonderful, beautiful quote from the universe. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. It's it's a, a favorite one of mine. Okay, let's get to Abraham. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. Since nothing matters to you other than your own personal alignment with your individual goals and desires, then that is where our work is. We are not here to debate the righteousness or rightness or wrongness of what you or anyone chooses. Very much in alignment with the first quote. We are not taking sides for for or against anything. We are here to help you understand that your life can be as wonderful or as horrible as you allow it to be. It all depends upon the thoughts that you practice, and therein lies the basis of anyone's success. How much do I practice thoughts that bring me joy? How much do I practice thoughts that bring me pain? Abraham. Very, very much in alignment. It's interesting how these two quotes of the day are like so in tune with each other, because ultimately nothing really matters to us except our own thoughts, our own desires. Where are we on that emotional scale? And you know, when we're, uh, when we're tapped in, tuned in, turned on and really feeling great, the world is wonderful and people are great. But when we're focusing on everything that's wrong with the world, when we're focusing on stuff that just annoys the Dinkins out of us, that just drives us crazy and causes us not to show up as the best person that we can be in a given situation, then all we are doing is really just fomenting that same energy. And the more we focus on the things that annoy us, bother us, Uh, give us pain, depress us, give us angst. The more we focus on that, the more we're going to feel that. The more we're reinforcing that energy in our lives. And the more we, we, we focus on that energy in our lives, the more we spread it to other people. And then people look around at us going, what the hell is wrong with that guy? You see, but the converse is true the more we focus on what's right with the world, what's right with us, with our own individual lives, with our friends, our family, what's good about them. And the more we focus on that, not only do we feel better, but then we give off a more joyful, a happier energy that can be infectious and cause other people around us to join us in it. Now again, for them to be happy, it's their work. It's what do they choose to focus on. So you can be the most joyful person in the world, and the person right next to you thinks the world's falling apart. It's horrible. It's awful. How can you be so happy? Because they're choosing to focus on those particular things in their lives. But what's interesting is the more we focus on the good stuff in our lives, the more we have gratitude, the, the, the happier we are, and the more we see the beauty of the world— those people who see nothing but the negative, who see nothing but what's wrong with the world, it's really quite interesting how slowly but surely they disappear from our lives. They move away because they don't want to be around us. Because when you're sitting in this pool of awfulness and horribleness and that's all you want to focus on, If somebody comes along and they're cheerful and whistling and happy and skipping down the street, you're like, what is wrong with that person? They're crazy. And just because those two energies are so different and so out of sync with each other, you're just going to end up going in different directions. Naturally, without even any effort, you're just going to move away because if you're so happy and so joyful, they're not going to be able to stand to be around you. And if they're so, uh, so depressed and angry and, and, and mad and sad about stuff, you're not going to want to be around them. Right? That old expression, birds of a feather flock together. It's about our energy. Similar energies are drawn to each other. Now, look, this is not to say like we need to be exactly like each, all of our friends and people we hang out with. Some of my best friends are people who are completely different from me, but there's a certain underlying energy that we share, that we agree upon, that there is more in the world to be joyful about than to be mad or sad about. So, two wonderful, amazing. Very much in alignment. Quotes for today, and uh, uh, I will my very I think also apropos for what we're going to talk about today with my guest, who I will bring on right after this break. But first, let me give a shout out. We got tons of people on the Facebook Live. Thank you for tuning in today. We have, oops, uh, Hassan, David, Nancy, Corinne. So good to see you, uh, uh, Kennedy. Ah, oh, thank you, Kennedy, for tuning in. Shane. Uh, Elisa. Thank you, Elisa. Hi. Nancy. Lisa Marie. Kim. Linda. Uh, Lisa. Another Lisa. <laughs> Elizabeth. Linda. Jonathan. Julian. Rebecca. Nahaz. Oh my God. They're like coming out of the woodwork today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here with me for the Conscious Consultant Hour. And when we come back, we'll bring our guest on and we'll get into our topic of the day. So stay with us. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour Awakening Humanity. Uh, we, I'm very, very pleased now. I'm sorry. I'm a little bit distracted because I was trying to set up my phone to do something, but it didn't work. Uh, and I got a wonderful comment. Thank you, Corinne, on Facebook Live said I'm loving this. Uh, thank you, please. And also, if, if those of you on the Facebook Live uh, watching the video, uh, if you're enjoying this, please share it with your friends. Share it out. Let's Please don't keep me the best kept secret. OK, thank you. All right. So now it is my pleasure to introduce to you Daniel. Levin. Uh, Daniel walked away from an opportunity to run a billion-dollar business to hitchhike around the world to find happiness and inner peace. He studied in a seminary five years and left one day, before, one day before becoming a rabbi and lived as a monk in a monastery for 10 years. As director of business development, he grew Hay House from a $3 million business to $100 million in revenue. He is a rare blend of businessman and mystic who sees what others do not see. Uh, he's the author of The Mosaic, a beautiful story that touches the heart and soothes, soothes the soul, and it is my pleasure to welcome him to the Conscious Consultant Hour. How are you doing today, Daniel?
2: Hey, Sam. I'm doing great. How are you? I want to meet that guy you just spoke about.
1: Yeah. He sounds pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, he does sound kind of interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's talk about that guy a little bit. I, th- I think I met <laughs> who him. In- is
2: that guy? Who I, is mean, that I guy? know who that guy is.
1: <laughs> I think I met him in California a few months <laughs> yes, ago. Yeah, we did. Yeah, I did. I had the
2: honor of meeting you that e- that evening and it was I, I thank you for that meeting and I thank you for having me on the show.
1: Oh, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Um yeah, it was uh it was at an event uh, hosted by the Evolutionary Business Council where I was just with a bunch of those peeps this past weekend. Um, it's truly a marvelous organization. You guys are going to hear me talking about it a lot over the coming weeks and months because uh, uh, it's an organization I really believe in. Um, so we met, and to um, uh, 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 so tell, let's, let's just for our audience who who are not you know that familiar with you, um, uh, you know, h- how did you decide to? you know, you were a very successful businessman. And this kind of follows a theme, as my engineer pointed out, uh, Chris pointed out this morning, kind of follows the theme from from last week's show, because last week I had Daniel Gutierrez, who was also somebody who had, you know, a, a, six, a six-figure six earning potential or seven-figure earning potential and walked away from that to study with llamas and the shamans and everything else. W- what was it about your life at the time? I mean, you were fairly You know, you're pretty successful. You know, most people would have been pretty happy, or think they think think they would have been pretty happy in that kind of situation. What was it about where you're at in your life that made you decide to kind of walk away from it all?
2: Um, great question, Sam, and thank you for asking. All my life, I've sort of been a little bit different than other people. I always saw the world differently. Um, I remember even as a kid growing up and having a playmate that nobody else could see. And I was shocked (laughs) that nobody else could see him because I introduced him to my mom and I said, mom, mom, here's my best friend. I want you to see him. And she said, Danny, you know, what are you talking about? There's nobody there. And so immediately I realized something was off with me that I didn't that the things that I saw in the world were different than the things that people saw. And it for a long time, made me feel uncomfortable and made me feel alone and isolated. Because imagine if the things that you see are not what everybody else sees, you feel alone. You feel like, what yep. or, What am I looking at? I must yep. be crazy.
1: Absolutely. Um,
2: and and so what happened over the course of time is when I was 13, I lost my dad. Uh, and when I was okay. 15, I lost my mom. Ooh. They died two years apart on the same day. Oh, my God. And so already someone who saw the world differently and felt isolated and alone, now you can only imagine I felt completely alone and isolated because none of my friends had lost their parents. None of them. We we grew up, I grew up in the 60s and 70s when people didn't get divorced like they do now. Now people get married and stay a few years together and get divorced. (laughs) People were in it for the long haul. Yeah,
3: Yeah. And so
2: everybody had their parents. I didn't have mine.
3: Yeah.
2: And so... It was only when I started to sit down about four years ago to write The Mosaic Mm -hmm. that that it showed me something that I never saw before. In the story of The Mosaic, it's a story about a boy who loses his parents two years apart on the same day. And when he asks the adults where his parents are, they tell him they're in a place called heaven. Uh-huh. And so he sets out that moment in search of the place called heaven because he wants to find them again. He wants to know that right. love that they had for him, that unconditional feeling that around them he could do no wrong.
1: Right, right. And he
2: right. goes and he sets out on a walk. Right. And he meets these ordinary people.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll get to the book a little bit more in a minute, but I want to get back to kind of your journey a little bit more. I understand. Like you lost your parents at a young age. I lost my dad at fifteen. My mom is still alive, amazingly. Um, but you know, you grew up, and you, uh, uh, you know, again, you, you dealt with things. Who did you live with after your parents died?
2: So I moved from uh, from Philadelphia, where we were born, to uh. Kansas City with an aunt and an uncle. Okay. But what I'm trying to say through that story is is that. Um, I I never saw the world the way other people saw it. And what I realized only in writing the mosaic was that all my life I've been looking for that place called heaven. So even when I had an amazing opportunity to run a billion dollar company, my uncle wanted to start me at the bottom, pushing a broom. He didn't know if I would ever make it to the top. Right. But he said, I, be- I see something in you that if you start pushing a broom and work your way up, I believe one day you might be able to be at the top of this company. Hmm. I, st- I worked with Hay House and we grew it from $3 right. million dollars to $100 million. All of those were opportunities that most people would say, why in the world did you walk away from those? Those were right. fabulous things. You could have you could have been happy and had everything you ever wanted by just staying and staying there. Right. But unfortunately for me, I couldn't have everything I ever wanted because what I wanted was to know myself.
3: Hmm.
2: And what I look what I see is we live in a world where people get what they're looking to find. What you're looking right. to find is what right. you'll always find.
1: Absolutely. And Absolutely. most people
2: most people look for financial security. Most people right. look for, for love outside of themselves. I for some reason never felt drawn to that. Right. What I wanted was to know who this person was who saw the world completely differently than everybody so, else. So what who, was it... Who felt alone and isolated. And how could I find my peace, P-E-A-C-E, and my piece, P-I-E-C-E, of the mosaic?
1: So, so what was and it when I, at the time? What was but, it at the time that you know because obviously you've been moving along this trajectory for a little while just even though you saw things differently you felt different but still you know you were doing the things that you know you felt you should be doing but what was it that kind of you know got you was it a gradual thing or was there one you know particular thing that just kind of woke you up one day and said you know this is not for me i have to go
2: um I think there were a lot of things that happened along the way. Each one, like a drop of water on a stone, doesn't right. seem like it has much effect, but over the constant repetition of a drop of a water on a stone, finally there's okay. a hole in the stone. Right. And so, all of a sudden, the water falls through the stone, not on the stone.
1: Right, right. Okay, so it wasn't any one particular thing. It was just sort of a gradual build up to a point where you just couldn't uh, uh, not listen to the call, and it was like, okay, it's time for me to do something else to to be somebody different than what I am, what I've been being the last few years.
2: I I would say I would say not quite that way. Okay. It it it, it I, I and I'm sorry for being so vague because it's hard to know what that moment was. But when when I lost my parents two years apart on the same day. I just asked myself, what is the purpose of why I'm here? What is it that's going on? Why, would some, why do bad things happen to good people? That same,
3: that uh, same thing
2: that always happens. Right, you know why, What right. is it about this world? So I went and I studied psychology, and I had a chance to be the, the, um, the assistant or the protege of the man who started organizational psychology. He wanted me to work with him. And I I looked at him and I said, look at me, this is not an organizational person. And yet today, some of the work I do is with organizations and psychology. Mm. But at at that moment, it wasn't what I felt like. When I went into business, it, it, it didn't feel like it answered those questions that I had in my heart of what is my purpose here? What am I doing here? Is my purpose just to make some money to buy things that I don't really need to impress people that I don't really care about that much That so they'll look at me a certain way and believe that I'm a certain being? I I wanted to take down those silos of trying to present myself as someone I'm not and just learn who I actually was behind the walls that I was hiding behind to protect myself from the pains of the world that I've experienced. And so I sat with myself. And what I found is that when people, people used to laugh at me and say, they didn't, they didn't laugh at me and put me down because I was always smart and popular and, and had the ability to work in the world as well. Right. But they would always say, are you done yet searching for yourself? I mean, aren't you ready to grow up and just do what do this? And, and what I, I'm so happy that I had the courage to continue to just go within Right. Because what I found in the world that I live in today, a lot of people have a lot of money that I know. A lot of right. people have been very successful, but I don't find a lot of people, even amongst the spiritual community, I don't find a lot of people that really know themselves. Right, right. And and, and knowing yourself is the most beautiful thing that could ever that you could ever have. Yeah. And when you know yourself, you don't worry about what other people are doing. Right. Because the people who don't know themselves walk into a room and are affected by the room. Right. The people who do know themselves walk into a room and
1: affect Affect the room. room. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I see my good friend on the Facebook live. Hassan says, I've been there. I think he's talking about, you know, doing all these things and not really being true to himself and about what he was looking for. Okay. So, uh, we're going to follow you on your journey a little bit more and then get into the mosaic itself. And why it's more than just a book. Um, But we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back. So, okay, you hold on, Daniel. Perfect. I'm here for you. All right. So, everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we will be right back after these messages.
0: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place. Hi, I'm Michael Dolce, host of Secrets of the Sire. Joined every week by my co-host, Hassan, Lord of the Radio Godwin, together we have over 15 years' experience creating graphic novels, screenplays, and more. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, talkradio.nyc.
1: Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We do this every Thursday, 12 noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Before we get back to our guest, I just want to give a quick shout out to a dear, dear woman I met this past weekend. I was down in Asheville, North Carolina at a training for the Evolutionary Business Council for the Master Trainer Program. And I had the opportunity to work with this amazing woman, Jennifer Huff. Um, who is magic. Uh, She's an amazing transformational facilitator and a very special human being. And uh, I just wanted to let you know um, that she is uh, doing a new program, program she calls Get Out of Your Own Way by Going Direct with Your Innate Wisdom. It's an immersive workshop that starts on March 22nd, and it's held live in Asheville, North Carolina, and you can either attend it live or you can do it via live stream from the comfort of your own home and your computer. So please, you know, you guys know I rarely give people a shout out in the middle of my show for something like this. But she's so special and so wonderful that I, I really felt compelled. And you can find out all about um, this event by going to the, her website, which is www.thewideawakening.com slash going direct. And that's all one word. So once again, that's the Wide Awakening, all one word dot com slash going direct. And the link is in the newsletter. And uh we'll make sure it's posted with the um, podcast when it's posted on the the show later uh, on the website later today. Okay, Daniel, so let's get back to you. So you you walk away from from, from you know a, a successful life to really find yourself, um, you know you spent uh, uh, years studying to be a rabbi, you decided that wasn't it. It didn't quite feel right. You, you became a monk for 10 years. I'm sure that was quite an interesting experience. Do, is, is that where you really found yourself, or was it not until you came out of the monastery that you really found yourself?
2: One of the reasons why I love the image of the mosaic so much is it isn't, and it's really the answer to the first question you asked me, was it one particular thing or was it just a, a culmination? Everything we do in life, Sam, is a piece that mm-hmm. makes, that. when we put them all together, creates the mosaic of who we are. And when you think right. about that for a minute, it's every, it's everything. It's not just one thing, because in everything is one thing. Mm -hmm. When we put all the pieces together, it becomes one creation, and in the one thing, we become everything. Does that make sense to you, or is that too metaphysical?
1: (laughs) I live in these worlds. This is not too metaphysical for me. Okay. Uh, Absolutely.
2: So so the beauty of this concept of the mosaic is that when we find our peace, Mm P-I-E-C-E, we find our peace, Mm P-E-A-C-E. But when we don't know our peace, P-I-E-C-E, we don't know peace, P-E-A-C-E. And maybe that's a play of the English language, but it sure seems to be true.
3: Right.
2: People that know themselves walk with a certain amount of peace, and people that don't know themselves walk with a certain amount of discord. They live at the rim of the wheel rather than the top. Mm. And everything that happens seems to throw them off of their course. But people that know themselves and are, and are, and are courageous enough to go through the, the challenges and, and the battles and the, and the beautiful things that happen that allow us to get a, to get a sense of who we are they have a, they have an effect on this world that is amazing
1: absolutely And
2: yet so few people choose that life so, so. most of us seem like we walk around in like robots doing what we did yesterday, eating at the same places we ate uh, all week, waking up at the same time, driving the same route. How much experimentation do we do?
1: So let me ask you a question. Uh, You know, after you sort of came to all this, why did you decide to write The Mosaic?
2: I was trying to write another book, to be honest. Ah, okay. and, And somehow what happened is I sent that book to a muse of mine. And she said, and she said, Danny, this isn't your book. Hmm. And I said, I'm sorry, what are you talking about? Do you think I plagiarized what I wrote? <laughs> and she said, no, She said, no, no, not at all. But you're a storyteller, Danny. You, you stayed at Hay House for 10 years and you helped it grow from $3 million to $100 million. So you know the way of the self-help book, but you don't, that's not who you are. You're not trying to teach people how to fix their lives. You're a storyteller who's just trying to tell people, if we all come together, we'll realize nobody's broken and it's the beauty of us all coming together that creates the solution we're looking for. So why don't you write a fable? Hmm. And I fought her for about a minute and a half. Because I thought, a fable? Come on, what a that's for kids. (laughs) Why would I write a fable? And she said and after a minute and a half I realized, hold it. Everything in the world is moving towards story. Yes. Businesses are hiring storytellers to better communicate with their with their audience. It's been it's it's been a change. Coaches, everybody, we're learning now how to tell not buy this product from me, but right. this is a story that I want to tell you. Right. And if the story interests you, you, you want to know more about the person.
1: Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you know people don't. Don't, don't want to hear, you know, uh, uh, the latest uh, uh, philosophy, the latest formulas. They want to hear a story because that's how we relate to each other.
2: Yeah, when we tell a story, when, when, we, when we tell the story, what happens is suddenly we are in a space where we don't know who's telling the story and who's listening to the story because if the story is a good story, it suddenly no longer is my story, it's your story. Right, And you allow that story to take you where it wants to go. You allow that story to introduce you to things that you've never seen before. And that's the beauty.
1: So the mosaic, it's a fable, obviously, it's sort of a reflection of your own life. Why do you feel the mosaic is more than just a book?
2: them it's so interesting when i was at hay house what i saw was people didn't write the book they most knew (laughs) they wrote the book they most needed to learn
3: Ah, and
2: it may be that the mosaic is only more than a book for me but i don't think Ah, so the reviews that i've gotten from it what happens is here's the beautiful thing one of the hidden messages of the book is this Mm -hmm. if we could learn to see what we don't see that's where innovation happens that's where miracles happen that's where change happens we all know what we see we put ourselves in silos of people who believe and see exactly what we see we follow our same we we sit in those silos and we we fight with other silos but innovation doesn't come from continuing to see what you always seen innovation comes when you have that moment of insight that moment of flash when suddenly, you see the world differently. And all that time that I was growing up seeing the world differently than other people, what I realized is they were seeing the world differently than me. Right, of and I could learn from them the way they saw the world. And that helped me build a bigger, richer world. Because not only did I see what I saw, I could see what they saw. And not only could they see what they saw, they could see what I saw. I believe in a world where everything in the world is possible, Sam.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, the only thing that keeps us from having that possibility
3: mm-hmm.
2: is we don't sh- we just don't yet see a way to make it possible right, right. but when I sit with people of unlike minds and I listen to them and I allow them the space to tell me what they feel and what they believe what they think and what they and what they uh, th- what brings them peace, even if i don't agree with it, it allows me to see what I've been looking at from a different perspective and it might just be in that different perspective I suddenly get the key to make make the impossible what was impossible for me one moment before possible now because I have new information the goal of the mosaic and the reason of why I wrote it is we see a world of form but we're not formed Quantum physics is leading the conversation that metaphysics has been leading for thousands of years. Mm
1: -hmm. Absolutely. When you
2: look at the body under a microscope, you don't see form. You see energy. You see protons and atoms and neurons and all sorts of things swirling around at amazing speeds. But you don't see one solid thing in the body. So what's happened, Sam, and this this is so close to my heart, What's happened is the lie has become so easy to believe, we call it the truth. And the truth has become so hard to believe, we call it a lie. What is the truth? The truth is we're all connected. We're not separate. In this world of form, it sure seems like we're separate. How can You're in New York, I'm in California. How is it possible that we can be connected? But in the world of form, if we look at it and we see what we can't see... There is no form. We're only energy, and in that energy, we are completely connected. So, who is the person that's pissing us off? Who is the person we're in love with? It's all us. Does this make sense, or am I losing you?
1: Yeah, no, no, no. I got you. I got you. I mean, this is stuff we've talked about many times on the on the show before. Um, you know, my audience is pretty uh, sophisticated. I like to say. Um, so I'm just curious, we, we just got a couple of minutes before we go to break, but as you were writing this book, and this is different than the original book that you started work on, was it harder or easier for you personally to, to, to allow this story to come through you?
2: Um, way, 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 way harder.
1: Ah.
3: Because
2: what happened is I tried to write it. Uh And what was happening during the process is it wanted to write it through me. Uh Remember, I said to you, the people at Hay House who wrote books didn't write the book they they most knew. They wrote the book they most needed to learn. And that is clearly the case in this story. Uh, Okay. What happened for me is I realized it wasn't only the words that I was writing that was important. Right. But it was the space between the words and the stories that Uh, that space would speak as well.
1: Yes, yes. Yes, very very important, you know. Sometimes we we focus too much on um what my art teacher in, in college would say is the positive space and not pay attention to the negative space. The 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 what's around the object, what's around the words, what 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 is there in between the words that allows the story to breathe its breath naturally. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay, uh then we're going to take actually a last break of the show, and when we come back, let, let's talk a little bit about this sort of uh, how you you see the mosaic and and sort of what the mosaic has inspired you to do since then. Okay, perfect, awesome. So everybody, please stay tuned. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, and we'll be right back after these messages.
0: You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network
3: we are ding.
0: talkingalternative.com
1: And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We've been speaking this hour with Daniel Levin, author of the book The Mosaic. Um, real quick, Daniel, just how long did it take you to write The Mosaic? Three years. Three years. Wow. So that really was an effort.
2: Painstakingly. Pain- three painstaking long years.
1: Oh. And so what-, well,
2: what happened, Sam, is I-, I thought I was done so many times. I would write it and I thought it was done. But what I, would, what I thought was great, the evening that I wrote it, I woke up in the morning and, and it was terrible.
3: <laughs> and what I realized
2: is the mosaic itself was literally erasing things that I was writing.
3: Because uh... it
2: wanted me to say something that I wasn't saying. It was trying to show me something that I wasn't seeing. And in a book that speaks about seeing what you can't see, it's only appropriate that a lot of its messages... Is, give, is given in the space between the words. It only My. hints at things that you want, and I couldn't get those hints. I was trying to be in. I was trying to write what I the story the way I saw the story, but mm. it wanted me to write a different story. And that process was was painstakingly beautiful mm. because what's emerged from that is this ability to see things differently than I saw them before.
1: So, so if someone were to pick up your book and to read it now. Uh, I mean, you've had many, many people read the book. You've gotten feedback from it. What do most people, is there any common thing, or does everybody get something different out of the book? Um,
2: There is a common thing. People, people uh, People feel deeply moved. For anybody who's ever experienced loss, for anybody who's lost someone they love, for someone who feels like they're alone and isolated, one of the things that happens is people feel this deep sense of connection. But ah. what they also see is the way they're looking at the world is not the only way to see the world.
1: Right.
2: When we realize that there are other perspectives, when people, when people look at the world, they see it differently. And, that, and those differences, just like the pieces of a mosaic, is what makes the artistry of our world more beautiful that we allow those possibilities. We don't fight them. We don't sit in the silos of protecting ourselves. Mm-hmm. What, what the goal of the Mosaic speaks about quietly mm-hmm. is connection. And ah. in a world where everybody wants to feel connected, isn't it amazing that so few people speak about how to connect?
1: Right. And so you're actually doing something to help people connect, aren't you?
2: Yes, absolutely. There, what, the first thing, and I'd like to share some of that with you, if we still have time.
1: Yeah, we just got a few minutes, but go ahead.
2: Okay, let's leave it for the first part to understand that there are four connections to any connection that we have. Okay. And the reason most of us feel unfulfilled in our connection is because we try and connect. When I, let's do it. Let's do an example of it. When I say connection to you, what do you think that means? How do you interpret connection?
1: Uh, to me, connection is a relationship between two aspects. Okay, or more. So,
2: well, so, I'm sorry. Two or more. Two or more. Okay. So what the mosaic has sort of taught me through its through its space between its words is that connection is connection four, mm-hmm. but there's three connections that happen before that. Okay. The first connection that we have to experience is a connection to ourselves. Right. What we do, most of us hide, hide behind silos and protect ourselves. And we paint on the walls of our silo what we think everybody wants us to be.
3: Right. And
2: we hope no one will look over that wall and see us hovering in the, in the corner in pain and suffering, crying, because we feel like an imposter in the walled world we live in. And so until we get to know ourselves, until we get to treat ourselves kindly, until we get to take down that wall that protects ourselves even from ourselves, how do we make a connection with anybody? So the first connection we have to have is, is, to feel, is, to, is to know ourselves. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that so few people in the world today know themselves. And so it's no wonder that in the most connected time the world has ever known, we feel more isolated and alone than we ever have before.
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. The
2: second connection is a connection to Source. When we realize that there's something bigger in the world, Source, it could be God, it could be just something bigger than ourselves. When we realize there's something bigger in the world than ourselves, it makes us start to, to, to stand in awe of what is actually trying to happen. How do we participate? How do we cooperate with this world that exists all around us? It is a conscious, living, breathing entity that has a power to, to, to bring us what we want, to have, that has the power to help us have what we want. When we do that, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable enough to open up to the world around us and experience some of that world that what it's trying to give us, to receive it and give to it. The third connection is connection to purpose. When we, have, when we don't know where we're going, every road will take us there. But when we do know where we're going, we start to we start to put in just like in our cars, we, we get in our car, we put into our GPS system the destination where we're going, and our GPS system tells us exactly how to get there. When we put into our human operating system the destination that we seek, that destination then makes a beeline towards 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 that destination and no longer allows us to get to get distracted by all the pretty objects that are all around us that want to take us from that destination. And so when you have people that know themselves and are vulnerable and open to something bigger than themselves, that are purposeful, that know where they're going, those are the people that when they come together and do the fourth connection, which is connection to others, building your mosaic, when they come together, those are the people throughout the course of time, small groups of people, that have changed the entire civilization of our world.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: They're the early adopters. They're the people that have that have held a light up in, into the sky that says, "Come, we come and join us." Does that make sense?
1: Yep, yep. I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. So, Daniel, if people want to get a copy of the book, if people want to learn more about all this, where would they go? To get a copy of the
2: book. The easiest place to go is amazon.com. That's Amen. the easiest place. Or to know more about me, to know to get a signed copy of the book, they can come to themosaiconline.com. Okay. If for the
3: mosaiconline.com.
2: And if they mention your show, mm-hmm. I will not only give them the book, when they, the signed copy of the book when they sign up on my website, but I'll also give them a Be Kind to You bracelet. Which they'll uh, see what that is on the website when they just go and check it out.
1: Okay, okay. And you're also creating a bit of an online community, are you not, or or did I am I mistaken?
2: Yes, yes. We have a we have a, a Facebook community called the Mosaic Community. Mm-hmm. Um, it's slowly building, but for people who want to just be a part, we live in a world where everybody's fighting one another. My dream mm-hmm. is to is to create a world where we speak without anger and we listen without judgment. Mm. We don't have to be angry at each other. There's no reason for it. Right. We don't have to fight each other and tear each other down. If you look at the political climate of the world today that we live in, we're not getting to the solutions we want because each silo wants to believe that their silo is the one that's going to fix it. Right. Let's forget about silos. Let's right. come out into the fields. Let's walk free of, of, of our beliefs. And just come together and find amazing solutions. Yes.
1: Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed wholeheartedly. Well, Daniel, I really want to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to come on my show today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I hope when you make it out to New York City, you'll uh, let me know. We can get together, have a, a cup of tea together.
2: I would love that. Absolutely love it. And thank you for the honor of being on your show.
1: No, you're quite welcome. You're quite welcome. Once again, if people want to get a copy of the book, you can find it on Amazon. Or if you want to just uh, learn more about Daniel, the website to go to is The Mosaic Online. And Mosaic is M-O-S-A-I-C online.com. Daniel, thank you. Have a great rest of your week.
2: Thank you so much, Sam. It's been an honor to be on your show. I really appreciate you and the work you're doing.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So um, uh, just as we, we finish off the show, I just want to uh, remind people, give another shout out um, to uh, Jennifer Huff, and her name is spelled not H-O-F-F, but H-O-U-G-H, um, who really rocked my world this past weekend. You know, I've, I, I've been a member of the Evolutionary Business Council. I've had many, many guests from the Evolutionary Business Council on the show, and um, uh, you know, I've had amazing people. I've had so many wonderful comments about the the guests that I've had on my show who were fellow uh, Evolutionary Business Council members. And so when I actually was out the time when I met Daniel in, in uh, Oceanside, California at a retreat, and uh, they, they talked about this program that they have, the the Certified Master Trainer Program and I I don't know why. I I do public speaking. I haven't done it for a little while, but I do this stuff, but I thought, I want to sign up for this. This is for me, and I heard people talk about what amazing weekends they had with the first class or the first go-around, but I really didn't get that many details, and so this past weekend, I was away um, for my first weekend with Jennifer Huff, and it was all about, you know, fluidity and purpose and understanding ourselves. And it was just such an amazing weekend. There were 21 or 22 of us. And Jennifer, I had met her before. I would met her at the annual conference in, in San Diego at the end of January, but I'd never really seen her do her thing. And she was amazing. She totally embodied the very principles that she taught us. She totally like had uh, a, a structure yet still had fluidity, and 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 really got across every important point that she needed to get across, yet still allowed what needed to come up in the audience to come up. And um, in in a in about a week or so, another week and a half or so, she's doing an, another one of her programs called "Get Out of Your Own Way" by going direct with your innate wisdom. Um, and for those of you who are in uh, North Carolina or near North Carolina or or willing to travel, it's in Asheville, North Carolina, and, uh, it starts on March 22nd and it's uh, I think two or three days. I'm going to be paying attention to the live stream. She's, she's doing it virtually as well as in person, though. I so wish I could be there in person, Jennifer. I hope you know that. Um, but uh, you know, I don't give these kinds of shout outs on my show unless it's something truly special and I really do believe that if you sign up and if you attend uh, whether it's virtual or in person that you really will get something special and amazing out of this workshop because that's just who Jennifer is and the way to find out and sign up and, and get your tickets is you go to www.TheWideAwakening.com going direct um, and you can read, it's her website, you can see her blog, you can read all about her, you can see other people's testimonials of her. This is truly a special person, and I hope you will, you will do me the honor and privilege of, of checking her out. And if you do sign up, let her know you heard about it through Sam Liebowitz on the Conscious Consultant Hour. And, and, and let me know, if you attend this, and whether it's live or in person, let me know afterwards and, and let me know, what did you get out of it? How was it for you? Call into the show. I didn't even give out the call-in number today, but I will give out the call-in number in the future. Call into the show or, or type in on the Facebook Live and let me know, what did you get out of it? And let other people hear, because I really do believe in not keeping a wonderful thing a secret. So that's why I'm spreading the word, because I do believe she can help change Uh, people's lives and help them to become more conscious and more aware of what is going on. It's very reasonably priced for what she's offering. So please check it out. So thank you all for tuning in. I I got a lot of great comments on the Facebook Live. Thank you all. Regina, Hassan, uh, Laurie, Kathy. Oh my God, so many people. I can't get to everyone. Please tell your friends. Please share the video, share the podcast, and know that we will be back next week. Thursday, 12 noon Eastern time right here on the Conscious Consultant Hour. We will talk to you then.
0: You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
3: On talkradio.nyc
2: Hey all you crazy listeners looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates Interested? simply email at info at talkingalternative.com
0: Do you like comic books and movies? How about TV and pop culture? Then you've come to the right place.
4: At Home I'm David Thiergartner, interior designer and host of At Home Listen live Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time As we talk to the very best professionals about interior design And the design that's all around us Right here on talkradio.nyc You're listening to the Talking Alternative
2: Network at www.talkingalternative.com Now broadcasting 24 hours a day,
3: Talking Alternative.
1: Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness?
0: You're listening to The Talking Alternative Network.
1: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.